Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 78. Today we're going to chat with David from Danger Close Armament, introduce a new character named Jack the Fud, and talk about Archon Firearms Type B. Today's panel is Sean Heron, and I'm Ava Flannell, and as always, I'm on the struggle bus. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like sometimes that I never leave these offices. I feel like I'm here yeah. all the time. I feel like I never leave. I feel like that too. That's why I drink so much. <laughs> That's That's I'm, why I'm drinking right now. Exactly. I'm drinking a PBR right this actual second. Ew. Are you really? Yeah. Gross. I didn't even realize you were drinking that crap. It's the Blue Ribbon beer. Okay. Yeah, I get it. I used <laughs> to drink that when I was like 15 and I was poor. <laughs> Oh shit! That, I'm drinking some dry dock apricot blonde. Yeah, considering I bought both of them, why don't you just shut the okay. fuck up about being poor? Okay. <laughs> all right. So before we do anything else, Manicore Arms, go to manicorearms.com and they've got all kinds of stuff. Now, Ava, you wanted to talk about muzzle devices, and I think that that's great because I think that you could actually use a muzzle device. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> great. Um, so yeah, muzzle devices. What do you want to talk about? I don't know. I mean, they have a bunch of, like, they have all kinds of muzzle devices. The flash hider, the linear compensator. Well, here, I'll tell you one of my favorite things. They do have a linear compensator, and a lot of people are kind of getting those as they get more short barrel stuff to kind of project that flash away from them and to kind of ease the sound to their ears and Mm -hmm. kind of push it in front. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. Manicore Arms did something that I haven't actually seen anyone else do, and that's they have tips that thread into their linear compensator. Uh, One's a flash hider, one's like a brake. And that's pretty damn cool. So you can just basically thread in these tips that change it from a linear comp and then adds that bonus feature as well. Pretty yeah. damn awesome. Manicorearms.com. And don't forget to use the code GUNFUNNY15. That is 15% off. There, whoa, whoa. There you go. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. David, you know what's funny? Your last name service and like you offer gun services. <laughs> oh God. How long have you been working on that one? <laughs> I mean, it crossed my mind. Like I figured I'd state the obvious. <sighs> David, welcome to the show. First off, second off, like tell us a little bit about your background. What, what brought you to guns? Well, uh, it was definitely being in the military. I was, uh, active duty. I was in Iraq and I actually turned 21 right before I deployed and turned 22 in Iraq. And so I didn't, I couldn't own any pistols or anything really growing up i was raised by my grandmother she was like no guns you know and so being active duty like i was digging guns i read a lot of gun magazines in my free time while i was deployed and when i got back man i bought four handguns my first week back from iraq and that's kind of what plunged me into it uh it was just a love affair from then on so i'm gonna ask because i'm sure everybody's wondering what were the four guns that you bought Oh shit. Um, so the first gun I got was a, like a commemorative SIG 1911. Um, it was like laser engraved. It's super corny for our deployment and all that shit. And so I had our unit crest on there and the, the deployment we were on. And then, um, so that was like special order. So I didn't actually get that until a couple months after I got back, but I did buy that. Um, and then the first one I got back stateside and you'll have to forgive me. Like it's gonna be a little hard to remember was the, uh, PX4 Storm, and it was like the tactical edition. It was all OD, and I bought one because my godfather had owned one, and I shot it, and I kind of liked it. And I still do like that gun. I mean, it's it's kind of an interesting gun. Um, and then I bought a SIG 
like Sig Pro, like a two zero two two or whatever nine millimeter, and then I don't remember what the what the other one was. To be honest, I must have not had it very long because it didn't leave a lasting impression. But quickly after that, within a year of being back, I owned over forty different handguns between buying and selling, just looking for you know better performing handguns. It was kind of crazy. It's crazy, like what a sickness it, it almost is. Once you start, you just can't stop. It's I know. Like, it's like having like a little black book. <laughs> For sure. And like the, the thing for me and like what led to me founding Danger Close Armament originally was that I was training a lot. I wasn't happy with like the really antiquated like training I was getting in the military. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I was like a specialist and I, I didn't have any real bills and shit. So I was shooting like 500 rounds a, a weekend as much as I could, like or as often as I could. And I started to get pretty decent. And there was a point where I was like, all right, I'm not happy with my stock gun. Like, can I modify this like what can i do and so that's why i was always buying different pistols was trying to find the best platform for me out of the box and at the time like the gun i really settled on that i was really happy with was like the mnp series of pistols except for the trigger the trigger was terrible and then guess what that's the first modification i ever did to a gun was fixing the trigger on that thing and and now we're here so wow very, very and, nice. and how long have you had danger close armament so like it, you know the 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 gunsmithing journey officially started in 2012. I was still active duty. I started gunsmithing on the side. Um, I actually was, I paid out of pocket to live off post, uh, so I could work on guns, which proved to be extremely expensive. And, you know, it kind of all started there. And I, I got, originally it was called service customs, which is really dumb. Um, it had a double meaning, you know, being in the service and then service being my last See? name fucking but... twice with this See? joke i mean i wasn't i wasn't so off <laughs> twice with this joke <laughs> it's a pretty yeah. legit joke yeah so i mean and at least you get that one I, you didn't really get my little black book reference no. It, no did you get it david no like well the black book is for like prostitution isn't it I yeah that's know, like... that's what i was thinking i was no, like it... oh you're a whore oh. cool <laughs> no not pros. it's usually like you know people that you slept with yeah yeah yeah, that's oh. Pros- yeah for oh. prostitutes. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> they're client. Okay. So yeah. any uh, okay. So Ava just wrote down on a piece of paper, "Get rid of black book." <laughs> Burn it. <laughs> All right. So I, I I'm gonna get to the point where I need to write shit down. My memory's going. Breathe in all these plastic fumes. And I can't remember half the people. But uh, <laughs> I feel so stupid now. Yeah, little just, black book. Okay. Ava, just stop talking, please, yeah. for the love of everything. I'll just sit here and drink my beer. Yeah. <laughs> go, go, go. Your girly beer share something with me, would you? <laughs> all right. So service customs. Yeah. So service customs, and then I was a Fort Observer in the Army. And uh, so I wanted to do something, you know, kind of unique to my my MOS, my job being a Fort Observer. And danger close is a artillery term or, you know, an indirect term for when the probability of fracticide is higher than 10%. And I really liked it, you know, like when you're calling danger close in theater, it means like shit has really hit the fan. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you you're calling indirect fire or airstrike or whatever, literally on top of yourself, if you're calling danger, kind of a cool meaning. And, and just went from there. I made a basic logo on PowerPoint, which is super embarrassing because it's like still the premise of our logo today. And, uh, but that's what I had the skill that's with the skill sets I had available to me at the time, you know, that's how it came to be. So love it. No, that's awesome stuff, man. So when did you realize that, well, or actually let's, let's talk about some early failures. So, 
you put a, a trigger in your MMP, and by the way, MMP is awesome. All right, keep it in your pants. That's that's what I shoot the most. <laughs> I, I like Glocks; they're fine. I just shoot MMPs better. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny. That's why I started this coming in because I don't shoot Glocks well. I I needed to do some modifications, you know. <laughs> exactly. It is it is weird how because I could recognize that Smith and Wesson they make decent handguns. And I wish that I could shoot them well. It's just, I think it's just the angle and stuff and everyone's different. But it is kind of weird how people shoot different guns better than others. Yeah, definitely. Oh, well, um, and, and, oh, sorry. I'm no, gonna, go ahead. Continue on. <laughs> I, I was going to, I was going to go on a tangent here and saying that's why I'll be in business for a while is because it's impossible to make the one size fits all handgun. You know, yeah. everybody, everybody shoots differently. Everybody has a different, you know, grip and preference as far as how they bring the gun to their head and every, and so, that's why during my quest to find the perfect pistol, I soon realized that it didn't exist and that I, I was going to have to pick platforms and modify them to my, uh, to my preference. And like, it was funny cause I was shooting an MP and a Glock at the same time. And I was like, I cannot shoot both of these. Well, like I can, like I have my fundamentals mastered, but if I really want to like really ex- like excel at shooting one of these platforms, I have to stop shooting the other one because and I just found that the M&P for me was way more natural as far as its grip angle and pointing. And like, I didn't like the trigger, obviously, but I fixed that. Um, but yeah, I'd pick up the Glock and man, I would, my first shots out of the holster or after reload will always be super high because of that grip angle. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, totally. 100% agree. So you started doing that stuff and when did you start melting, uh, melting plastic? So soon after, I mean, it wasn't long after I did that trigger job on the M&P. I was like, all right, like, you know, I'm down here in the Texas heat sweating and, you know, I've seen other people do, you know, the stippling and the granted at the time, there was very, very few people that were doing it full time. There was like, you know, really Boresight Solutions was like the biggest one that I emulated and looked up to. And then you had like Bowie Tactical and um, some of the other guys who was the other one, um, Robar and stuff, but I was not a fan of their shit. And, uh, you know, I, I thought it was interesting. I could see where it kind of came from, but I, as as shooting was developing and and at the time there's really it felt like a big push towards running a handgun well and actually treating it like a primary weapon. And uh, and I don't know. I just I wanted to come up with something that would really help my shooting style. And and that's when I first busted out the old walmart soldering iron or radio shack soldering iron whatever it was and, and <laughs> radio shack you ruining the gun yeah it was funny is my first one actually didn't come out too bad i still have pictures of it it was a m and p uh compact and uh you know i look back at it today and it could almost hold its own with some of these other companies I see doing <laughs> today i'm serious no, yeah no it. yeah no we believe it we're oh, not God, even questioning yeah. it no. <laughs> You, uh, so for listeners who don't know, you did my firearm, uh, you did one of the polymer 80s and it, you took, it was like a week turnaround. It was insane. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell them that. All right. Okay. Right okay. So yeah, no, it took like three weeks turnaround. <laughs> you know, no, um, it's fine. It, you know, we, we, the, the P80s, we actually stopped selling P80s because they discontinued the ready mods mm-hmm. and we were selling a crap ton of them. So it was kind of a bummer. And, you know, we know the guys over at, at polymer 80 and, and, you know, we were trying to work out something with them to keep offering them. But, yeah, unfortunately, they were just like, it just doesn't make sense for us to, to do those unless you're getting like a $100,000 worth or something, some astronomical number. And it just mm-hmm. didn't make sense for us. But, uh, yeah, the, the P80s are cool. The uh, Yours yours was cool because it was the first 17-length uh, frame. The, the, yeah, the, the CL. 
what do they call that model? The CL. PF nine forty CL. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's um, pretty cool. So how long does it typically take you then to to stipple the grip and everything? Oh man, well that's a loaded question. It really depends. Like so our very base package, which is called our sport line for like a Glock for instance, you know, that one that one we try to get done in about an hour and a half or so between the hand polishing, the shaping, and the texturing. And that's at its very base with no options. A fully optioned signature gun from us can have over twenty hours of labor just in the frame. Wow. Yeah, that that's so, nuts. <laughs> Yeah, so and that's why it's expensive. You know, our stuff isn't isn't cheap, but there's a lot of expertise and and testing and and you know everything. We won't rush something now. I'd rather tell a client like, "Hey, we're gonna be late, and you're gonna get what you paid for," than just, "Hey, sorry, you're bugging me. Like, here, just have it mm-hmm. and send them out something that's half-assed." And so, yeah, the biggest thing that takes a long time is our beaver tail modification. I have like five of them in the shop right now. We we. People like them. We, I, I hate doing them. They take so long, but they come out really nice. And so I was, we, we thought my business partner and I have talked extensively about trying to discontinue the service and ultimately decided, right, we're just going to raise the price to a really expensive so people won't buy it. And then so we bumped up to like 450 bucks for this one modification. I mean, that's what the you know, whole clock cost. And yet I have like six orders for them in like two weeks. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I'm trying to not do these. So, you know, and I'll definitely have to put in some overtime to get those done. But, uh, um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's just with the full and like, we have a guy that sits here pretty much full time and hand polishes all the, the shaping that we do and stuff like that. So it's just, it's very labor intensive. You know, we don't, everything is done by hand. There's no CNC. There's no, you know, there is for the slide, but not for the frame, no lasers. So it's just, you know, it's a custom product that's handcrafted and you know, a lot of care and just brings a tear to my eyes. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I've actually got a story to tell here. So David and I have actually known each other for years. Uh-huh. Uh, Ava, you know this, but the listeners probably don't. So uh, I, I met David through a buddy of mine and David, I thought it was grinder.com or something. No, no. Uh, David, that's and my, a different David, David and my buddy. What? Sorry. I, that's what I thought. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Grinder. <laughs> that guy, David, that you met on grinder. I don't know what the fuck you're talking okay. about. And it's All right. not really a funny joke. <laughs> okay. So. Oh, Let me tell the story. Sure that's like a gay dating. Yeah, it is. Yeah. She, she thinks she's oh. being hilarious. It's not that funny. And Sean's just like, shut the fuck up. He's like kicking me under the desk right now. No, I'm literally not. I'm just trying All to right, tell a story. Ca- carry on with your story. Oh, on this podcast. Off grinder pictures over there. <laughs> All right. Sorry. So, uh, David and this, this mutual person that we know, like hated each other. And because I was friends with that mutual person, like that meant that David and I basically just didn't really talk. And so we haven't talked for a few years. However, I will say that the entire time I've always followed your pages. I've always thought that you were one of the absolute best frame modifiers in the industry. And always when people talk about like stippling and stuff, like I'm not a huge stippling fan, but when people said that they wanted to get it done, I was like, well, go look at DCA because they're literally, in my opinion, they do some of the best work in the entire industry. So I just like, seriously, I've seen it grow. I've seen it, I've seen it do everything. And honestly, I still to this day think that it's some of my favorite stuff as far as frame modifications and stippling go. Um, yeah. Cause well, we've had, well, I absolutely appreciate that. Cause like I, I, I messaged Ava before I was like, I don't know if uh, Sean hates me or not. Cause you no. know, there was this, this shit in the back of the day that happened and like, I've never had an issue with you or anything. No. I, yeah. Like, that's cool guys. This isn't Jerry Springer so or, you know, Sally, yeah. Jesse, Raphael, where we're going <laughs> to figure out our problems. 
No, but yeah, totally. <laughs> and then meanwhile, I had a place to do, but like, no, I've never heard Sean say anything. Uh, which is funny. Oh, cause I, you, you lied <laughs> to me. Instead of lying. I know. I just had a place to do, but yeah. I had to play like, you know, middleman. Because <laughs> I, I literally told her about all the drama. And the drama was never between you and I. It was just between a, another person that we both kind of knew. And uh, it was crazy. But- all right. So going back to the stippling, it is done really well. I've never really been a fan of hand stippling just because I'm sort of OCD. So I'll look at something like on Instagram and it's like, I already see like it's uneven and it just, I'm like, uh, no, it, it ruins the gun. But the reason why I had my gun sent to you though, is cause I looked at your work. It's consistent. It's, you know, I mean, it, it looks like it's almost done with a laser. <laughs> well, so it looks you know, it's funny that we were just getting some shit on a Facebook page recently for all our, all our stuff looks the same. Like consistency is what we strive for is we want our customers to know that when they order one of our products, they know what they're going to get. They're going to get consistency and quality every time. And like, so I was like, you know, you're paying me a compliment. You're not dissing me by saying like, Oh, all your shit looks the same. You know, it was like, we have a style, you know, so (laughs) I really appreciate that. You know, we, we do our best and to make it look really clean and consistent. Obviously function is always going to be our first and foremost priority we want to make sure that our stuff performs really well and we've spent a lot of time testing we've worked with a lot of people that have spent a lot of time testing and giving us feedback and so that is always a priority for us however that being said trying to grow a successful brand or a business you need to have quality as well and as you know visual quality you need to be visually appealing and you're not going to get your brand out there or grow your brand or attract clients if your stuff isn't attractive and I think, you know, our stuff looks pretty damn good. So you no, know, I really I, do appreciate the compliment. I totally do too. It's and one of the things that I think sets you apart from everyone else is your, your borders. Like they, they're so clean and just the, the lines are nice. Like the line between where it's actually stippled and where the frame is factory. It's uh it's better than 98% of the people who are out there. Now, as far as I'm aware, you've done those borders kind of since the beginning. Was that, uh, was that something that you focused on up front? So I, you know, I never, I didn't start doing recess borders until I actually moved to Colorado. I was at a, you know, leasing a space at a gunsmith shop up in uh, Lakewood, as you probably know. And that's when I started doing that. There was only one other person at the time doing recess borders that I've seen. And that was, you know, Ben at Boardside Station. There was, like I said, as far as, to the best of my knowledge, I was like the fourth person to start stippling guns for like for full time, like as a, as a living, like this pays my bills, you know, and, and, um, that was when I graduated the gunsmithing school in, in 2014. But yeah, the, the recess borders is what put me on the map because I did them really clean and people liked them and I was pretty affordable at the time. And like I took $8,000 in one month in waiting list deposits, like, you know, and the quickly my waiting list grew to way too long. It got up to two years before we, before we closed it down and didn't take anything for a year or so. Wow. But the recent, yeah, the recess borders, I, you know, is definitely our claim to fame. You know, that's what people like. That's how we've been able to get in magazines. And I, I cut the recess borders by hand, you know, that's, that's the hard part is, is being consistent. I freehand everything. So when people say all your shit looks the same, I'm like, thanks, because I freehanded that. So, you know, we have a template to make sure it's consistent, but, you know, I'm learning to cutting those out by hand, like on the Glocks especially. So, you know, it, it definitely takes some talent and some carpal tunnel and, you know, it all comes <laughs> together. <laughs> totally agree. Uh, guys, we're talking to David from Danger Close Armament. We're going to take a brief pause and just hear from our buddies over at Hackett Equipment. 
our buddies. I know. I did it, and I was like, oh, God, here we go. She's going to interrupt me even more now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Sean just yelled at me. He wrote down on a piece of paper, stop interrupting me. He mad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, not just me. The guest. Me. Like, I'm sure if someone walked in. Sorry, I just got super excited. Here we go again. (laughs) Uh, Hacking equipment, Ava. If you guys, uh, if you have a store or if you do gun shows, you might want to consider maybe selling Hackett Equipment's products. Just contact HackettEquipment.com and uh, they'll get you hooked up with that. Yeah. It's always an option as well. Uh, they make a bunch of range bags. They are coming out with a rifle bag. Really cool stuff. And if you guys want to buy one for yourselves, go to HackettEquipment.com. Use the code GUNFUNNY20 and that gets you 20% off. Do you suppose that he's going to name the rifle bag after me? Um, no, probably not. Well, he named the other backpack after me. Oh yeah. Big Bertha. <laughs> That's really cute. All right. Well, I, you know, I, I just, your hope. jokes suck too. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, it's a fail for everybody right now. Let's get back into it. Let's backtrack a little bit. If somebody wants to get their gun worked on one, what kind of guns do you work on? Is it just like CZs, Glocks, Smith and Wessons, or do you offer, you know, that service for a variety of different guns? And then what services is it that you offer? All right. So primarily our, obviously our claim to fame is polymer frame pistols. So all the proven platforms, like the, there's a couple that we won't work on. Sorry. You know, like, your gun sucks. But, uh, for the most part, all the proven ones out there, you know, we work on. We have packages for, you know, the USP, even, uh, the HK45. We've been doing a lot of FNs lately. The, uh, the 509, we actually worked with FN and Apex to help launch Apex 509 trigger. Um, and then let's see, Smith and Wesson, the new 365 SIGs, the, you know, all the 320 models. So, all the all the really popular models, you know, the ones that need the the help, we work on. There's a couple like that we get requested that we don't like. We don't do VP9s; they're just too thin, um, and I don't want to be replacing clients' guns all the time. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, yeah, all, all the the main po- common polymer frame proven models, we are going to be actually we're not going to. We've already done a couple packages for the Archon Fire Type B, which is pretty interesting. So we're excited for that. And then, uh, you know, we always keep our eye out for innovative products and stuff. And then we the big thing for us is we go test it. We go shoot it and see what kind of improvements can be made to it. Uh, You know, we're not going to just throw some texture on there just because like a lot of companies I feel or individuals do is they're just like, Oh, well this company stippled this right here. Let me just, but they don't know why, you know? Mm-hmm. And so we actually go run the gun. And like I said, we just developed the package for the Archon. So I shot 500 rounds through its stock just to see what I did and didn't like about it before I even touched it. And, uh, and usually I have a pretty good idea just handling a gun. Now I, you know, obviously I have a lot of experience doing this, so I can get a pretty good idea of what, kind of modifications i feel like the gun's probably going to need but at the end of the day i still want to shoot it before um i do anything but yeah so that's the the big one or big ones that we work on so and then what about the services that you offer so the service we offer slide machining for a lot of the same platforms we do rmr cuts uh my business partner will handles all that does an awesome job because too much math too much math involved for me um but yeah so we do slide machining like top cog inserts full slide packages stuff like that um it really depends on the platform of the firearm cuz some of the guns like for instance the CZP10 we offer 
an action enhancement where we go through and we polish up all the uh, trigger components to really smoothen them out, and it makes a huge difference. And, uh, you know, we do that for the PO7 as well, PO9. And then, of course, we do framework on all of them. We also offer single-color Cerakote done here in-house. Um, we're working with Blown Deadline uh, to offer custom camos to the guns we work on. We re- we kind of stopped working on bolt-action firearms, doing some really high-end bolt-gun builds, but uh, we've just been so busy with the pistol stuff, excuse me, that we've uh, kind of stopped taking those in and just focused on uh, on building badass pistols. So. Yeah, very cool stuff, man. All kinds of stuff, yeah, because I remember, I think you were just doing uh, frame modifications uh, last time I had talked to you. But yeah, you've you've really branched out. I've been looking at the, the website and Instagram and all that stuff kind of as we go and just... Really good looking stuff. Where did you get your your sense of aesthetics, dude? I don't. I've always been an artistic person, man, and like I, I actually like. I did four years in college before I joined the army, and I didn't get a degree because I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do. And uh, but I took a bunch of art classes. I've always drawn. I've always created things like you know Legos and you name it. Like I was big into like the remote control industry when I was a kid. Um, so my goal, my dream, really, and this is why Danger Close Harmony is a dream job for me, was to create something, you know, like to be an artist and actually make a living doing it and gain notoriety. Like those are all dreams come true for me. And I'm extremely grateful that we've, you know, been able to put out a, a quality product and that, you know, Will has helped me a ton, my business partner. And, you know, we, we've really been able to, like I said, make my dreams come true in the fact that we put out a badass product. People know about it. You know, we're, <laughs> we're, we're paying our bills, you know, which is awesome, uh, <laughs> you know, because there's no point in this struggle where that wasn't the case, you know. And and so I I don't know. I just – I like my aesthetics, my view of aesthetics. I'm, I'm People don't always agree with me, but I tend to feel like have a pretty good eye for stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I definitely agree, man. Especially just like uh, the frame design. Like, I don't know specifically uh, what you call it, but where, the the shape in which you border everything in, like we we talk, yeah the outline, like yeah the outline uh, of the pattern. Yeah, yeah, it's it's more attractive than a lot of them I see. In fact, I think that we're going to talk about this again. Uh, maybe <laughs> it's no, cause I was talking about the borders first, but now it's the actual shape of it. I think it's, it's better looking than a lot of people out there. And Somebody's I think obsessed. That's where people. <laughs> no, it's fine. And I, you know, I agree. I personally agree as well. And that's something like we use it. What's cool is I have a templates and I don't really tell people this, but I, I have templates. So I get a lot of the same basic fundamental designs from platform to platform, which gives a unique style. And I feel like, you know, it's definitely evolved over the years, but uh, being one of the front runners or one of the early comers, I guess you could say, like one of the first people to get into this, not the first, but it, it kind of gave me the advantage of like, hey, I'm emulating other companies, but I want to change this. I don't like how this stuff looks. I'm going to do this. And then it, I was able to play with it. Now, you know, in the last two or three years, a hundred, you know, frame companies have popped up and there's a ton of people doing this full time. There's a bunch doing it part time that do it very, very well. You know, competition has really, you know, stepped up their game, which forces us to step up our game. But, um, you know, we're always trying to make everything be aesthetically pleasing while still offering, you know, that, that function and having the texture in the right places, you know, because uh, that's the other thing is some of these companies, man, they're just putting texture all over the place. And I'm like, you don't need texture in the tank. Like it, like and we and we learned that from uh, you might know him, but Tim Ignoski is an instructor at your Tactical Performance Center in Utah and worked with Ron Avery, and he did a five day class and I stippled the thing on his gun and man, he's 
I looked like his webbing of his hand went through a meat grinder and uh he's like you got to do something about this and so <laughs> we stopped doing that and you know like stippling the side of the trigger guard what does that do for you you know like like think through this logically and and so you know it it's all kind of just find that right balance of performance and aesthetics, you know, it's really important to us and we're very happy with kind of what we're putting out there. And even like we just launched some barrels last year and like people are coming up to us like, wow, your barrels are actually in stock and they're, and they're beautiful. And I was like, yeah, just just simple stuff, but you know, it doesn't have to be outlandish to, to be pretty or to be cool. You know, like it can be simple and refined uh, to be beautiful too. So. Mm -hmm. So what are your future plans? Our future plans. Oh man, that's also a loaded question. You're just like throwing shit up, all right? Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we definitely, you know, like I said, we we're growing into the manufacturing realm. That's kind of what I think the direction that Will and I are pushing towards. You know, we're always talking about it, but we really want. My goal starting out in the industry was to eventually. I was like, I want to be like the Nighthawk of of polymer frame pistols, you know, and to put out complete pistols with our framework, our slide work, you know, Cerakote or whatever, you know, obviously clients are going to have some options, but uh, putting out guns that are, are really pretty and functional and, and complete packages where, because the thing with, especially with Glocks in general, is they're kind of like the, the AR of the pistols where there's so many things available for them. And so you have one slide from one company and framework from another company and another company's barrel and another company's trigger. And it, it's not cohesive, you know, it doesn't come together. It just looks like a mod podge of crap. And so one thing for us about being a one-stop shop and offering framework and slide work and Cerakote in-house and our own trigger work is that it's very cohesive. It comes together. It's very balanced, and, and that's something that's important to us. So that's a goal of ours is to get more in, in putting out the complete pistols. And I think you may have seen that with the big order we sent to Rainier recently. We've started working with them a lot. It's been fantastic. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about that. So it was kind of crazy. Uh, John Wong, the owner of uh, Rainier Arms reached out to me a few years ago and was like, Hey, I've been following you for, for a little while. And uh, I put on the show every year for the last two years called TriggerCon. And I, I'm only inviting companies that are really innovative and I'm only inviting a hundred companies this year. And I really like the work you're putting out and I'd love to ha- have you be here. And I was like blown away. Cause like, I didn't even know, like I'd heard of Rainier Arms. I bought a bunch of stuff from them and I didn't even know John was following me or anything like that. We were friends on Facebook, but I had no idea. And so I was like super honored and it was super expensive for me and, and Will to go. And it was like right when we started partnering up. Um, but I, I came like 12 grand out of pocket to go to Trigger Con and Will came a bunch out of money and we drove 24 or 22 hours to Seattle to go to the show. And it was so worth it. We were dead tired. We brought a, a guy who was one of our employees now, but uh, at the time he was like came and volunteered for us. And it was crazy. We met a lot of people, made a lot of connections, and just started to kindle that relationship with uh, John and Rainier Arms. So we went again last year, and it was fantastic. And they placed an order for some stuff, really liked it. Started doing the 365 at their recommendation and they sold like the first two orders that they got sold out like the same day. So they were loving that. And they're like, Hey, let's do some other stuff. So yeah, we just finished like 35 guns or something like that for them. And, uh, you know, it's, it's awesome. We did some exclusive packages designs for them and, uh, they were liking them. We really like them too. So we're really excited to see what the future holds, uh, between us and them. So, so awesome, man. Love to hear good stories like that. <laughs> 
Thanks. Yeah, thanks. It's it's nice to see things come to fruition. You know, like it's been a grind, man. I I've had my car repossessed. I've lived in my shop for 14 months in Texas. Like it's it's been a struggle. You know, it, it looks like we have all our shit together, and we're we're definitely, <laughs> you know, that's what we've worked towards. But man, it has not been an easy easy journey by any means. So. Definitely understand that. Yeah, Sean could relate. He lives in his office. <laughs> Pretty much. <but laughs> I've also got a house. I just don't spend very much time there. I get, I get that, man. <laughs> All right. Do you have some time to hang out with us for the rest of the oh, show? Oh, absolutely. All right, cool. All right, awesome. All right, so Q, our newest advertiser. I am – actually, when this show comes out, I will be in New Hampshire – building the fix. One thing I have not decided is do I want to do a 6.5 Creedmoor or a 308? 6.5. Yeah. I mean, no, a 6.5. Like, so it's like funny because I always think about like ammo prices and I'm like, well, 308. I know. It's, you really want an antiquated? It's like the Jew in me, I guess. (laughs) Well, I mean, look, if, if like, if you have a specific purpose for the 308, then get the 308. Like I've got plenty of 308s. I love them. I will shoot them forever. But if my choice is here is this rifle that I am paying for and building and doing whatever, and my choices are 308 or 65, then mm-hmm. 65 is it's clearly the answer. Five is, is literally going to put the 308 in the grave. So eventually, I do believe that it will. Not for a while, but now that it's been adopted by some SOCOM stuff and military, it's it's definitely on the way. You know what's crazy though? I'm looking over like at their website and the fix. It only weighs six point four pounds. Yeah, that's yeah. Isn't that crazy? You've been like building some sexy stuff over there, Kevin has. Oh so. yeah. I totally agree. <laughs> yeah, just like all of their stuff is like super lightweight, uh looks really great. So I can't wait to tour the place and uh report next week on my experience and uh take pictures and stuff. So pretty excited. All right, guys, if you want to check out what we're talking about, go to liveq or die dot com. LiveQ. Uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> I mean, it's no. spelled the same way. Gosh. But... Yeah, have another drink, Ava. <laughs> live, cue, or die. Yeah, okay. It's a play on live free or die, oh. I think. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and Q is uh, sponsoring get... our new segment. You're How getting... strong are those apricot blondes over there? Those Apparently, like she's had... Yeah. Apparently, <laughs> Sean's still sour about me telling everybody he's on Grinder. Yeah, except that... Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Oh my goodness, this is too good. Dropping wisdom. Slinging truth. Prepare yourself for Knowledge Bomb. Do you want to start? No, go, uh, go ahead. No, you. Uh, do you. Since you don't like the way I read. You've already forgotten how this new segment works. <laughs> All right, President Garfield's Wait, assassin. What is the segment? First off, uh, knowledge bomb. Yeah, and what didn't do we you do? just hear the intro? Yeah, what do we do here? So we give you a little bit of knowledge, bomb. you know, yeah. some fun facts. There Maybe we'll have a guest who uh, tells us something that the average person wouldn't know. Exactly, but the yeah. goal is for people to learn something. Yeah, absolutely. So the first fact is President Garfield's assassin chose an ivory-handled gun over a similar wooden-handled model because he knew it would look better in a museum exhibit. Yeah, kind of fucked up. That's kind of sketch. That's like that's premeditated. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it, it totally is. I, I, would, I would almost say that he uh, he planned to kill him. Well, no, he I, to- uh, he totally did. 
So, uh, Char- Char- no, I know. Yeah, way to go, <laughs> Sean. So, so Charles Guiteau actually, uh, he felt like he was heavily responsible. The guy was kind of a, kind of a nut job. His dad actually said that he was possessed by the devil at one point, but he actually <laughs> kind of felt a nut job. Like he got Garfield elected, and then he expected Garfield as payment to appoint him as a consul to another country, and the administration wouldn't even hear from him. So he uh, he didn't consider it as an an assassination as much as he considered it a removal. So when he went to buy the gun, he had actually decided that he was going to do, and it was a, he ended up uh, going to the store and they had two and they were a four, uh, four forty two Webley's and it was a British bulldog revolver. And they had one with wood grips and one with the ivory grips. The one with the ivory grips was actually $1 more than the wood grips. And he couldn't afford that extra dollar for the ivory grips. Uh, the shop owner feeling bad for him, dropped the price to match the one with the wood grips. And he was able to buy that gun. He shot him at a rail station. Garfield was there. Guiteau had actually followed him before, but he was Garfield was with his wife, and he decided not to do it then. Uh, on this time, he actually uh, saw Garfield. Garfield was there alone. He walked up to him and shot him twice. Uh, one of them did hit him in the vertebrae, but didn't actually puncture the spinal column, and the rest is history. Now, that gun was actually uh, found, located, and everything else. And it was actually photographed by the Smithsonian at one point, but it's since been lost to time. So uh, not known where that gun is right now. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Next fact. Hunter S. Thompson refused to go on Conan O'Brien's show until he finally agreed on one condition. Conan had to meet him on a remote farm to drink hard liquor and shoot guns. And we watched a little clip on this a little YouTube video. I did. I'm not a huge Hunter S. Thompson fan. Uh, The guy seems pretty damn nuts. And uh, so they go out, (laughs) they go out on this place. It's got this like tiny ass little berm. There is a, uh, a bartender with a full bar. And not only did the bar have alcohol in it, but it also had guns on it. And uh, so, yeah, they, they start slamming whiskey and and bourbon and stuff like that. And then they shot like a a select fire M60. They shot a select fire MP5, a flare launcher at one point. They're shooting paint on, on the front of Hunter S. Thompson. A big, huge uh, silhouette targets. And, uh, yeah, it was just kind of a, a weird little thing. Yeah, but how many apricot blondes did they have? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably seven, I think, is is my guess. <laughs> Wasn't it? They they even made a comment. Uh, the safety guy was like, hey, move that whiskey glass out of the way before you shoot. Yeah, it was directly under the muzzle <laughs> of uh, the M60. Jesus. So dumb. That's wild. <laughs> it was so crazy. All right. And then third, the filmmakers of Lord of War used a real stockpile of over 3,000 AK-47s because it was cheaper than getting prop guns. Yeah. Another thing, this is actually 100% true. Not only did they do that, but they actually had a bunch of tanks. The the story with the tanks is that they actually had to use them at, at, in a certain time period because those tanks were being sold to Libya. Uh, so they, <laughs> they had to use them in film. It's like the real life Lord of War going on and they're, they're trying to film it. It right? totally was. And, and that, those 3000 AKs, they were cheaper than the prop guns. So like independent studio services, you know, they, I they was going to say, I wonder expensive. if they got them from Century Arms. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, then, they, then they're only worth like five bucks each. I was going to say they're not a sponsor, are they? Cause they <laughs> no, <laughs> no, only the best year. <laughs> only the, only that's right. Roger that. <laughs> now, Ava, after last show, our listeners had a lot to say mm-hmm. about some things that, that our guests said. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy, great guy, great guest, and I, I really do like his company. But I feel like uh, there was some misrepresentation of how shitty it is for New Jersey gun owners. And they, they definitely took it to task. They were kind of upset about it. And, yeah, actually, because a lot of our listeners are, are in California. Yeah. And, so if anything, they know yeah, they, really they, you know, shitty laws. They know infringement. That's for mm-hmm. damn sure. Yep. So because I think – 
it's like this cognitive dissonance, right? Like uh, when you live in one world, it's hard to imagine people who live in this other world. Mm -hmm. Like for us in Colorado, it's hard to imagine people who live in New York. But for a police officer, I think it's hard to sometimes imagine what it's like for just an everyday person. So here are some of the things, uh, some of the reasons uh, that it sucks to be a New Jersey gun owner. And I want to thank Mike M very much. He put this together for me. So I'm just going to pretty much read verbatim and we can we can have some commentary if we choose. Okay. First off. You need a, a firearms ID card, which requires you to fill out paperwork at the police station. Reference letters are then sent to two people you know and trust for them to answer the questions and send back. Uh, next, you have to get fingerprinted, wait for your chief of police to get back to you, which could take months. And when all is said and done, you get a card that must be presented to your FFL to purchase a firearm. This is for every firearm you buy. Pass. Pass. Hard pass. Pistol permit is required to buy a handgun. Three allowed at a time, good for three months, one per month or one handgun every 30 days. The fuck out of here. Yeah. 10 round magazines. They're limited to 10 round magazines. Weak. All muzzle devices <laughs> must be pinned and welded. Bullshit. All of them. No threaded barrels whatsoever. Ugh. Yeah. All stocks. In, <laughs> and Jimmy did mention this, that they have to be pinned stocks for all semi-auto rifles. So you basically pick the position that you like it and then they make it, they pin it so you can't move it or adjust it. Dumb. Gun shops, <laughs> FFLs write down and log all pistol caliber ammo purchased. Crazy. It is. Uh, firearms and ammo must be separated when traveling. Firearms in the trunk, ammo in the back seat, and there must be a lock on one or both. The fuck? Hard no. Only allowed to travel with firearms from home to a range and back. No stops. No gas. No coffee. No picking up a friend from your front door to the range and back. Nothing else. Boy, bye. <laughs> uh, that's what's crazy that sounds like a third world country to me. yeah like or it does. a or like i'm traveling to you know soviet russia like that that's insane yep but it's, that is here in the united states it is. yeah it's crazy. actually it's also the same for new york as well that well, i know it's the same and, and a lot of that's very similar for california as well mm -hmm. i grew up in california and that's why i never owned any guns until i joined the army yeah, yeah. It's I mean, nuts. you can't even, so you have to make sure that you have gas in your car before you go yeah. to the range because you cannot stop to get gas. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in, in California, you can't have a, a firearm in the cabin of your vehicle. It has to be locked in the trunk or in a locked glove box or something like that, like, which is crazy. Well, is. Like, I mean, have you seen traffic in California? We can kind of get that. I, I Have I seen it? <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I, I get that. Now, Jimmy did say basically no concealed carry because they're may issue and pretty mm -hmm. much they don't issue unless there's like really big extenuating circumstances or you pay the right politicians, police chiefs, sheriffs, whatever. Whack. Yep. So whack. Uh, he said he also believes that you have the duty to flee if an invader breaks into your home. So no real concept of castle doctrine, um, stand your ground, anything like that. You have to crazy. preclude the the issue if if possible. You better jump the fuck out of your window in your high well, yeah. building than New Jersey yeah. if uh, – if they're coming after you, forget about it. Yeah. No suppressors, just not allowed to have them, period. No, no, nothing you can do about it. I mean, that sounds trivial at this point. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, like, like, was that really on the table? Yeah. <laughs> like, if you got to do all this, like, if you have to get a permit and they send letters to your family and friends, like, hey, your homie's trying to buy a gun. How do you feel about that? And they're like, uh, are you fucking kidding me? Like, what the fuck is... I mean, what if you don't have any friends or family? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you send it to the, to the homeless guy on the, on the corner, you know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. here's a dollar. Just sign this for me. <laughs> right. <laughs> Except Say I'm what, a good person. What's his address? Yeah. When I get it. yeah. Soup kitchen. No BB guns and, and no slingshots. So like nothing, so no projectiles at all ever pretty much is that. Is so the, basically it sucks to be a kid in that state. So that's what he came up with like in just a couple minutes of writing stuff down. That's 16 separate reasons and every single one of those is just like 
terrible. Absolutely 100% awful. So yes, in New Jersey, it sucks to be a gun owner. So uh, good on you guys. And thank you to everyone who got upset about it so we could uh, kind of just set the record straight as far as we go. Like I knew, I was like, wait, what? I'm pretty sure New Jersey sucks, but I didn't have the stuff in front of me. And without having that data, I was just like, I didn't feel comfortable like challenging it. But yeah, I, I've had a client too say that like, Hey, I got to get my pistol permit. And I was like, a pistol permit. What the hell are you talking about? Like, yeah. you know, like what, what is, what is, you know, and, and we think we have it bad here with these like fake magazine ban laws that are like not even enforced. Right. right. And, uh, you know, and then there's people that have to get permits and, you know, jump through all these hoops just to even dream of owning a gun. It's crazy. Yeah. Totally. 100% agree. All right. Ava, that'll do it for knowledge bomb. But uh, before we go anywhere else, are we going to hear from our other friends? No, no. We're just going to talk about that great, fantastic company that we also know on a personal level called Matador Arms. It's my jam right there. That, that's my jam. It's my jam. No, it's my jam. No, Knowledge Bomb, the heavy metals, your jam. Yeah. Whatever that is. Call it music. No. Okay. That's okay. enough. It was awesome. Just shut know. it off. All right, Matador Arms. Tell me, tell me something I don't know. Uh, they make a bunch of stuff for SKSs. Knew it. They have the 1022 Express Mag release. Knew it. Yeah, because you you use it actually. Yeah, I've you got stole it. it from me. What? You don't yeah. even have a 1022. It doesn't matter. Maybe because I had that part, I would buy one. That's actually not even that far outside the realm of things. Yeah, I mean that's usually how it works. Like you you find a roll pin, you're like, cool, got to build another AR. <laughs> that's so true. But there's a lot of products that I've I've acquired, and I'm like, okay, cool. Now I need this gun, and I will totally go out and get that gun. Yeah, been there, been there many times. Uh, so yeah, the 1022 Express release is pretty awesome. Their SKS stuff is is champ, and I will say it's kind of t- it's kind of fitting that we talked about New Jersey because our good friend Tony Simon, actually our friend, so I think I'm allowed to say that he runs the Second is for Everyone diversity shoot and podcast, and he runs uh, Simon says train on Instagram. He is a New Jersey gun owner. It sucks for Tony in New Jersey. He has SKSs. He modifies those SKSs with Matador Arms parts. So if you live in New Jersey and you have an SKS because you're not allowed to have a lot of other cool stuff, uh, Matador Arms can help you out. Just go mm-hmm. to matadorarms.com. And use the code GUNFUNNY10. That gets you 10% off. It sure does. And they also sponsor our prank call segment. And This one's actually one of my favorites. So before we start, last week's prank call when Tate... One of our patrons made a prank call and the guy that answered was like FUD of all FUDs. Yeah, he was and, he was just old and very opinionated. Yeah. So uh, Sean was like, after that, he's like, I want to call and do that exact voice. Yeah, I, I want to be that man. <laughs> yeah, so here it is. Here it is. It's time for Prank Calls with Malcolm and Gertrude. Honey! This is Dan. Hey, hello there. My name's Jack. <laughs> I'm calling because I got some squirrels that are being a problem right now, and I'm just looking to see what kind of stuff you got that might help me take them out. <laughs> oh, we've got some 22 rifles. We've Too got weak. Some 22 mags. Too weak. Sort of thing. <laughs> and uh, plenty of plenty of ammunition. 22 hollow points. Too weak. Uh, CCI stingers. Too weak. Okay. Oh, let's see. I don't want to give them a little love tap. I want to fuck them up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, we've got several ARs and 223 or 556. Five, do week. That would certainly do it. Do week. Hmm. Well. 
What do you? Uh, how big of squirrels do you have, anyhow? They're some big sons of bitches. <laughs> I see. I see. Well, hmm. Don't know what all we might have that would go above and beyond that. Yeah. Oh, shotguns, but that's probably not got enough range, so. Too weak. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. Let me just, let me see what I can find out. Uh, I'll give you a call back. You bet. Thank you. <laughs> yep. Oh, God. That poor guy. Too weak. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see what I got that's more powerful than uh, It's funny, though, because he just kept naming 22s. It's like, motherfucker, move on. He wasn't even like, yeah, he wasn't even, he was like, yeah. okay, let's see. Well, okay. Well, so I dumb. really recommend a 22-250 if you want to punch a hole in the squirrel's tree, the neighbor's tree, the neighbor's 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 tree. You know. Exactly. <laughs> uh, that got, yeah, that, that was a fun one. And when I was, I had forgotten about it, and then I was just editing it the other day, and I was like, holy fuck, this, it, it made me laugh. You're in your office <laughs> laughing by yourself. Yeah. Nothing new. Yeah. yeah. Well, he was laughing while it's going on, and I'm over here trying to be quiet. <laughs> I know. You know uh-huh. it's, it's fucking funny. That kind of reminds me of when I had my shop down in Texas, man. We'd get some people. Uh, it was it was South Texas. They'd come in and be like, hey, I'm looking for a shotgun for my grandpappy. And I'm like, hey, excuse me? <laughs> but, like, what the yeah. fuck are you talking about? Man? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like but that's some good shit. Yeah, I love it, man. Those so, poor squirrels. We'll bring Jack back. Uh, two week, I think, is is a thing. So we'll we'll bring him back and see what we can do. I'll, I got to say, I can't do a lot of them because it re- it really hurt my throat to do that. <laughs> I was spitting oh, blood all night. I'd, I'd love to go on one of those with my British accent and talk to somebody like. Oh, you can do them. You feel free. We hate doing the prank calls. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll, we'll call some uh, call some people and ask them. I'll, I'll ask them for muskets. So like, do you have any muskets? I'm looking for some Civil War muskets, preferably unrifled. Like, <laughs> there you what? go. <laughs> it, that, that's that's what's guaranteed by the Constitution. See. <laughs> All right. I'm trying to fuck with some colonials. Do you have any money <laughs> I can get a hold of? You know, like they're, they're trying to throw some tea in my fucking lake, and I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. Uh, let's talk about a pistol again. Tactic talk, discussing popular guns and gear. Love it, hate it, find out now. I was browsing the Polymer 80 website and it looks like they launched their PF45. Uh, or maybe they, they already had it. Uh, you know, I don't know. This is news to me. So I figured I'd tell everybody. Yeah, actually. News to me too. Uh, what's, what's it called though? I don't, it is the PF45. The PF45. Very yeah. nice. And this is what, like a Glock 21? Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I think that's the 45. I don't remember there. Yeah. Their uh, the 20 numbers. or the 21. 20 or 21. Okay. It's, 20 it's full is size. 21 is definitely there you go. I knew something about Glocks. This is the, like a first time ever. Yeah. <laughs> so don't make a 46. <laughs> oh, God. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, they're, I mean, what do they have? The PF940, the PF940C, the PF940CL, the PF940V2, uh, the PF45. All right. Take a breather. All right. Well, <laughs> they, even, they even have serialized frames as well. Yep. Did you know that they're introducing ammunition? I found that out at SHOT Show and I, I'm breaking the news right now. Uh, we broke it last week. Okay. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Well. Nine and two, two, three. What up? Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. I All can't right, guys, wait to see some. Go to polymerady dot com. Tell them we sent you. Use the code GunFunny. That gets you ten percent off. It does. One hundred percent. Now, Ava, what was the name of this pistol that we're gonna talk about again? Uh, 
let's see. <laughs> it was the uh, Archon Firearms. Yep, the Archon Type B. Now, David, you wanted to talk about this. Um, you said you did a, a little bit of uh, framework on them, right? Yes, sir. We we actually have done slide work, framework. We're going to do some trigger stuff. We tin coated a barrel, but uh, I the I, I had an original strike one, which is some of you know is the predecessor for the type B. And I've been looking forward to this pistol for a long time. There's a couple things that I was not happy with the strike one. And um, I saw that they had made those changes on the type B. And so I was waiting, waiting and waiting. And they had all these import issues. They had to change their name for arsenal and all this shit. And it was just a huge clusterfuck. And finally the gun gets released after all these delays and it's a pretty uh, badass pistol. Uh, I really, really enjoy shooting it, and uh, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see how the work we did to it helps. I haven't shot our prototype yet, but uh, I'm hoping to do that here in the in a week or two. So nice, very cool, man. So, I shot it at Shot Show. I think the last two years or something. What'd you think? Mm-hmm. I, I I really liked it. I did too. I really like the way it feels in my hand. So the thing about the well, the Strike One had a really low bore axis, and yes, eleven millimeters. <laughs> Did was the uh, did the strike one also have the AF speed lock? Uh, yes, lock yep. and lock. So okay. that yeah, that's like the the base like part of that firearm is the fact that the barrel just is non traditional Browning style. It it actually slides backwards slightly and the locking block drops down um, instead of tilting like on a normal pistol, which makes it more accurate. Yeah, um, when it's in lockup, so. And it kind of it, like the barrel actually stops moving before the slide stops moving. I mean, yep. it's like that normally too, but it just yeah, it doesn't tilt up like normal firearms. It keeps it nice and in line, uh, less movement because the barrel's not rocking up and creating that movement up and down, that vertical movement. I know uh, my buddy Aaron, he has been crazy about the Strike One when the, when he heard the Type B was coming out, he was like all over it. And just really wants one really bad. And I really want one really bad. I kind of do too. I think they're let's gonna go. Run. David's in Denver. Got, let's just go up and shoot, shoot his. his yeah. yeah, I got no for real. You're more than welcome to. I have. Uh, I, we have four or five in the shop right now. Um, Rainier Arms were, is actually this. I'm probably breaking the news too early here, but uh, we're actually going to be on unveiling some ones for Rainier Arms. That's kind of they pushed us to develop the package for them, and so I've actually I lied. I have shot our prototype with just the framework done to it, and I really, really liked it. Um, I wasn't happy with that real blocky factory texture. I love the 11-millimeter bore axis. It's insane. It's a very flat shooting gun. The slide cyclic speed increased drastically over the uh, Strike 1, which was a big thing for me because the Strike 1 was made to shoot like Russian plus PMO, which is like super hot. So with American loads, it was just like slow as shit. And... Yeah, I got a thousand rounds since the gun all said and done now. I mean, it's a, it's a badass gun. I really, really like it. I'm excited to see how the extra slide work we did, uh, kind of comes together. So very cool. And it ships with four mags and it's going to be like, I think MSRP is under 900 bucks. Mm-hmm. So probably. It's eight, yeah, it's 849.99 MSRP for those and, uh, four 15 round mags. I actually tested it with a Metgar 17 round. CZ75B mag, and it worked flawlessly after the first mag. The first mag, it was like hiccuping. I was like, all right. And I kind of just wrote it off, but then I threw it back in the mix, shot another like 10 mags through that 17 round mag, and it worked flawless. So, very cool. Um, which is, yeah, which is definitely pretty cool. It's a, it's a fucking sick gun. I really like it. <laughs> I, know. I, I do agree that that blocky, like, grip texture, it looks. But it, I think, no, I think, I like the way it looks. It kind of looks like carbon fiber. 
Okay. It looks cool, but it's not always about. It's not me. ideal. I get you gotta, it. You got to squeeze it. And I, I talked to Dimitri over there at Archon, and he said that you know they had some special operators that were testing it, and they really liked it. And I could see that, but uh, they're not always like huge gunning guys, too. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was like, this is my specialty is grips. You know, and and so I was just holding the gun. We were dry firing it a lot before we got out to the range, and just squeezing it tight. And that blocky texture was really uncomfortable, especially in the front strap. So. We just did a little bit of reduction, got all that texture off, and uh, you know, put our texture on there. And the little backstrap change that we did made it really, really big difference. And you already get really high up on that gun, and to get a real nice positive grip, and the follow-up shots are really accurate. It's a really fast shooting gun, so I really like it. Like I, I like it more than a, you know, a 19 or a relatively compact size equivalent pistol it's a, it's a cool gun mm-hmm. doesn't it have like under the in, under the backstrap doesn't it have like a fin where where you're with the web of your yeah mm-hmm. exactly and the, the purpose behind that and it does work if you try it is that that presses against the tendon in your hand and causes your grip to close and tighten is the, the theoretical part behind that and you can try it i mean if you take your finger and you press on the web in your hand, you'll see your fingers pinched together, you know, and and even when you're playing with the frame, it does the same thing, and it's cool. But you can tell when you play with the pistol and you really get into it, and we have it, like, completely disassembled. Is it? They really spent a lot of time engineering this. Like, it's definitely kind of over-engineered almost. I think the results paid off. Like, some of my uh, coworkers and Will, my business partner, he doesn't really like it, but I, I really like it a lot. I don't think it's as flat shooting as the Strike One, but it's also a compact pistol, so it's you know a lot smaller. Hmm. Very cool. Yeah, I think maybe it doesn't get as much attention as it probably should, but are, they are shipping now, right? They're like out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're out. Yeah, they David has four of them, four or five. Oh yeah. yeah. Duh. Yeah. So. We actually, or not we, they had a, a small issue with like the very early released ones in October's, which is when they started shipping. And there were like a couple that were having light strikes and they, they alleviated that issue. And I don't know if, you, I'm sure you guys know like Military Arms Channel, Mac, um, whatever's, whatever's drinking in the water over there. But uh, he, uh, <laughs> he tested it through the, <laughs> through the, uh, his gauntlet test or whatever. And he was like, this is the best striker fired gun I've, tested in the gauntlet test, you know, because it was full-length rails that run all the way the length of the slide, and so I kind of think that helped kept some of the mud and crap out. Mm-hmm. Um, it also makes it really smooth gun and, and uh, you know, pretty accurate. It's got a nice tight fit on there, so uh, <laughs> but yes, they are shipping. Very cool. cool, man. I love it. Archon Type B, and uh, Ava, you know what that means? What? That means it's time to read the reviews. I'll do it. All Get right. at it. So first off, if you haven't left us a review at either iTunes or Facebook, please log in right now and do that. If you don't know how to install iTunes, have your nephew do it because I guarantee that your nephew or your niece <laughs> could probably do it just as easy as uh, as a software engineer at Apple. But anyway, it's pretty easy. Then you just type in Gun Funny, you leave us a review, and it's all a good time for everybody. And uh, we appreciate it. These reviews are from Facebook, by the way. Oh, my God. All right. So you log into Facebook. You get your niece or your nephew to log in and create an account on Facebook. <laughs> All right, let's just read the reviews. Brian N says, recommended. Awesome show to start the morning with. Great information like the prank calls. Bring back when I got paid to do prank people. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I was drunk. (laughs) That's what it says. I know. But he did prank people? I don't know. He was like a prank people whore? All right, he's hired. 
Awesome guest, never dull moment. Very AK happy. All good if you're into that. I am not there as of yet. This must have been when we were getting into our AKs. Mm-hmm. I'm new to the gun world, just a big guy with Ruger LC9s. One day I'll get there. But thanks to the great show, Keith, the prank's coming. Last one, me, myself, and Irene was effing hilarious. Yeah, that that's an older one. Yeah. Well, uh, it's, a, it's an old code, but it checks I out. I did the iTunes reviews for like a while, and then it's yeah. like, all right, I got to show Facebook some love. Drew C says, recommended. Tried to leave a review on iTunes, but iTunes sucks. Well, Drew, get your get niece you, yeah. or your nephew, and they'll fucking work it out for you. So embarrassing Jesus. for you. <laughs> uh, I stumbled across this podcast a few months ago, uh, a year ago now, and was not disappointed. I get great information about the firearms world without all the chest beating and sales pitches. It's funny and lighthearted, which keeps me from falling asleep at work. I recently attended the 2018 NRA annual meetings in Dallas, where I met this pair at the Manicore Arms booth. They were the same in person as they are in the show, which says a lot to me. They made me feel welcome and part of the group, which was nice because if left to my own devices, I can become a wallflower. They asked me what my favorite part of the podcast was. And at the time I said the prank calls, but having more time to think about it would change my answer to that. They make you feel like part of the conversation and not just being talked at. If I had to find a negative, it would be that they turned me into a dirty, dirty patch whore. <laughs> wow. That's, that's all I, <laughs> I now have. Okay. To, I now have to sell myself on the streets to finance my patch of the month habit from the Patriot Patch Company. Coupon. Never mind. Uh, after following them on Instagram, it seems that I need to shadow them at the next NRAAM because it looks like they got all the dank patches. We also got some dank dank, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> we live in Colorado. We do what we want. <laughs> YOLO. Just kidding. Uh, Josh M <laughs> says, recommended. This show is absolutely amazing. If you like firearms, this is the podcast for you. The host, Sean, and, her, and his crazy sidekick, Ava. Shows, okay, read that a little. <laughs> Sean Heroin. Yeah, okay. Yeah. The host, Ava Flanell, and her crazy sidekick, Sean Heroin, really know their stuff. They also have some of the best prank calls you will ever hear. If you are 12 and have autism, which Sean might. <laughs> but on a serious note, great podcast. Great people. You're guaranteed to learn something about the industry and have a laugh every episode. Keep up the great work, guys. Uh, that's awesome. Aww. All right. So we're going to give away a new thing this episode. Yeah, yeah. Lone Wolf hooked it up and they gave us a bunch of ultimate connector kits with three connectors and a spring. And uh David, do me a favor. Out of those three, will you pick a winner? Mm. Out of the three, uh three three comments here i really like this uh this patch war one and sean heroin that <laughs> that's got me uh all right sold. that's two <laughs> different ones so are you saying we should give them oh, each one? Oh, well shit i mean if you got two the uh it's hard to pick between the two the <laughs> all right all right geez sean's kicking me under the desk again we'll give away to bull yay that's cool <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Patch Horror, which is so true, and then Sean Heroin. Like, it's so good. I mean, how, how do you compare it? In my defense, actually, I did not start collecting patches until I met Sean. Yeah. And he had patches. And then I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And then before yeah, you know it, like. you, like, took it to another Yeah. Level. You could roll a body in your patch. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. like, dump them, and they would be. Okay, well, that's you know, the plan, but thanks for ruining it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just saying. Actually, you know what? I'm going to go off on a tangent. When I lived in New York City, I was a bartender for like nine months and there was these parties. Like sometimes we'd work these special parties and there was like this weird <laughs> special parties. Oh, is that what you call them? That's where she started special her black parties. book. That's where she got her black book. Yeah. So it was a fetish party and it was so weird. Like there was one guy that would bring a carpet and he would roll himself up in a carpet and he wanted people to stand on him. 
in the yeah it you know, was... I knew some of these people in New York were a little wild but I mean that's that's taking it to a like I don't get it and there was like really big guys like just jumping on him and I'm just like is he getting off on this like is there jizz like all over the yeah, carpet the, 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 tat, the carpet's all glued together I know yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm the one with autism Ava okay <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that I was rolling myself up in a carpet. I was like, oh, is yeah, a fetish? you were probably in the back enjoying it. You were watching, you're like, I mean, oh, I was taking notes, you know. I was getting some ideas for the bedroom. Whatever. <laughs> I, I'm just sitting over here thinking that Ava got jobs there and it was a fetish party. I was like, what is there, fetish bitchy women? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So Josh M. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Josh M. and Drew C. Contact us. You guys are the winners, and, and we are going to send you out those connector kits from Lone Wolf. And thank you very much to Lone Wolf for providing those. We, yeah, we do absolutely. That. Absolutely. All right, guys, we're going to wrap up. So if you want to find us, uh, just go to gunfunny.com. We what? have links to everything. It's really easy. Oh, gunfunny.com. It's so much faster now. Yeah. So we did, uh, we upgraded our website. Yep. Upgraded the servers and it's, uh, it's smoking now. And you know how we're able to afford that? Patreon. Yeah. Because of you guys. We were able to afford a, uh, a, a much faster, is it host? Hosting. Yeah. 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 It's cool. It's great. It is. All right. Definitely, you know, go visit us on gunfunny.com. If you can't get enough of us, think about becoming a Patreon. Uh, basically, even if you donate a dollar, you get access to our Patreon only Facebook page. And we're always having a lot of fun there. Really, it's pretty inappropriate. And, I mean, uh, how inappropriate. Uh, you know, I mean, nobody's rolling themselves up in a rug or anything, but it's yeah. it's pretty That's close to that. Thing. But if you have a fetish for bitchy women, it's a place to be. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about signing up, but there's no rolling in carpet. <laughs> no, no, no rolling in carpet. Uh, um, so there's uh, there's a few different levels you can be at a Patreon, and you get different things at different levels, Ava. Mm-hmm. What five, are those? Five dollars gets you entered into our monthly raffle to yep. win cool stuff. Yep. Fifteen dollars every three months you receive like a t-shirt or a mug or whatever of your choice. Yep. And uh, twenty-five dollars will get you a shout out on the show, and that list of ours is growing. It is. Uh, do you want to read them or you want me to read them? You read them because I can't pronounce Michael's last name. Alexio. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Corbin Bonafide, Iraq veteran, eight 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 eight, Charger Arms, Ryan Morrison, John Snow, Kevin Brittingham, Nathan Keck, and Michael Alexio. Okay, now I can pronounce it. Alexio. All right, and it's because of your guys' pledge that we are able to also afford an editor. So if you think the show, if the show sounds better than it has, uh, I don't know, a few months ago, that's because we got an editor. And that editor is Kenny Ortega. Well, he's taken a lot of the uh, producer role as well. So we, we definitely couldn't do it without him. Kenny Ortega is the man. We truly appreciate him. He also makes those little reels that we post on social media, the mm-hmm. little sizzle. He does. Uh, there's also something called the King of the Patreons. What is that? Look, man, if you're a poor, just get the, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. That shit, Cause you can't afford it. But if you want to be the Don't king. Don't be poor. If you want to be the king, $76 will make you the king. You get a, you get a gun funny t-shirt that says it's, it's not easy being king. It's the only way you can get one. You can't order one. We will not give you one. You have to be the king to do it. Right now, two A jewels. But is the go king. look on eBay. I was trying to make extra money. Oh, yeah. That's a good fucking idea. Yeah. Yeah, it's a habit. All right. So who's our king of the Patreon? Two A Jewels. And what about him? Oh, all right. Like, well, you could read what I wrote. Did you encounter a special moment at the range? Send in the spent casing to two A Jewels and have them make it into jewelry to treasure the moment. Yeah. Okay. I came up with that. It was pretty creative. <laughs> okay. sounds like an infomercial <laughs> where you can't eat pasta. <laughs> 
but yeah. But I thought that was pretty cool. You can send in a casing, like let's say your first date, and you know, and yeah. Uh, the, yeah. the, the, or your last date. Exactly. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> Damn it. That was exactly what I wanted to say. That was perfect. I love it. All wow. right. The last thing that we're doing is we are now doing a tag pack giveaway. All you have to do to enter, you don't have to be a patron or anything like that. Just go to gunfunny.com forward slash TP. That's, that's TP for tag pack, not, not toilet, toilet paper. paper. Gosh, it's almost like we finish each other's sandwiches. sandwiches. We or almost finish each, each other's, other's ice cream. Fuck. Dang, uh, I thought we practiced on that. Well, we didn't. We did it in the wrong order. Yeah. So I okay. Just, I went in. I reversed the. We'll work on it yeah, later. It's bad. Forget it. Move on. Uh, but you can also go to tackpack.com if you if you don't want to take the chance of missing out. Uh, if you have FOMO, it's tackpack t a c p a c k dot com, and if you use code gunfunny, you get a free SOG tool with your order. Yeah, you what up? Patreon.com slash gunfunny to become a Patreon. Gunfunny.com for everything else. Join David. the shit show. Yep. David Service, it's been a pleasure, sir. Uh, tell people where they can find you online. You guys can always head to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Danger Close Armament. Same thing for Instagram, instagram.com forward slash Danger Close Armament. Easiest place to find us would be our website, dangercloseArmament.com. We'll definitely see you guys there. We recently built our website, still getting some of the kinks worked out, but it is a huge upgrade. Thanks to Will and our web developer for putting in all this time to get it going because it's so much easier to navigate than it was before. So dangerclosearmament.com. Love it, man. Very, very cool. Thanks for spending the evening with us. Yes, thank you. Thank you guys so much for having me. It was an absolute blast. Your show is absolutely awesome. I'm definitely excited. This has been my favorite podcast I've been on. So thank you again for having me. I'm definitely looking forward to maybe seeing you guys again. Aw. Very cool, That's man. so sweet. <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, you know me, just a sensitive guy. Yeah, okay. Let's get <laughs> yeah, the fuck drink, out of here. Drink, uh, <laughs> quick, before he drinks another apricot. Before he starts crying. <laughs> I don't have any apricots. Want to send feedback? Suggest a place to prank call? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.